I recorded a podcast in my studio in Portland, Maine, but vacation's over. The COVID quarantine is up, and it's 81 days till November, so let's, uh, let's get back to it. Today's guest is Spencer Thibodeau, Senior Advisor to the Biden for President campaign in Maine. Spencer Thibodeau joins me by phone. Welcome, Spencer Thibodeau. Cynthia, good to be back on your show, and uh, it's been a little while. Yes, it certainly has. The last time we spoke, you were running for mayor for the city of I, Portland. That and was you were a, one of my first interviews when I did that, so I'm, uh, I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad to be back on your show with you, and um, I hope you're, you're uh, surviving COVID. And now you are a senior advisor to the Biden campaign. That's exciting. Um, Now, so let's get right to it. Um, After placing fourth in Iowa and fifth in New Hampshire, Joe Biden won big in South Carolina in large part because 61% of the black vote went for him. Uh, After that, there's no looking back. and, um, And then on May 25th, 2020, George Floyd, a black man, was killed in Minneapolis, Minnesota, as of course we all know. Um, And the issues and injustices associated with systemic racism have boiled up in the national conversation. And of course, this week, Joe Biden put the first black woman on the ticket. So I guess my first question, Spencer, is will race be an issue on the minds of voters going into 2020? Well, I think I'd just start by saying that don't forget Nevada there. Remember, Joe Biden placed a, a pretty strong second in Nevada through some good work with uh, Latino outreach. But you're absolutely right. I think, um, you know, I know that there was a long process to choose to elect a running mate. I think, you know, Joe Biden has talked a lot about um, about race, um, about, about uh, where he comes from in Delaware, a state with a number of historically black colleges and universities where he has earned support. Uh, before and also talked a little bit about South Carolina and the impact that uh, uh, Congressman Clyburn had on that election. Um, black women mostly um, really turned the race around for Joe Biden, and I think what you saw was um, was a reaction um, and was a reaction and acknowledgement of that. And I think you know let's not forget um, uh, Senator Harris is is an African-American woman, but she's also um, a uh, Southeast Asian, uh, of Southeast Asian descent. Um, this is unbelievably significant and historic, and I am so excited at the choice and the opportunity to work on a campaign that is that is meeting the moment. Now, you are working on the Maine campaign, and of course, I think most Mainers know that last time in 2016, one of Maine's four electoral college votes went to Donald Trump from the second congressional district. Do you think that voters in the second congressional district have race on their mind and racial issues? Or do you think that's an issue that plays out in states that are less or more diverse? Maine is um, 94% white. There's only 2% of African Americans. So do you think race is even on the minds of people? Well, I don't presume to know exactly what every voter thinks about, but what I can tell you is that I think what what um, kind of surpasses the racial question is a fair shot, right? Um, Vice President Biden has always talked about um, ensuring that folks have a fair shot and a fair opportunity. And 
Part of that means getting a hold on COVID-19 so we can put people back to work. Um, we got a lot of Americans out there that are really hurting um, in this crisis. And I think what you've seen over the last couple of days, Cynthia, is um, with both Vice President Biden and Senator Harris coming out to meet the press for questions and talk about their plan for reopening uh, and understanding that every American, whether you're black, white, Asian, Latino, are impacted um, greatly by the economic pain that Donald Trump's mismanagement has caused. And so um, I think that's where the campaign is focused. Um, and I think those are the types of issues we're going to be talking about and highlighting um, all across the state. Now, in 2016, more than 20 percent of Bernie, Bernie Sanders supporters didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. Uh, like, 12% voted for Trump, about 5% voted for third-party candidates, and then the rest just stayed home. So my question to you as a spokesperson for the Biden-Harris 2020 campaign is, um, what are we going to do with the Bernie or bust progressives who pushed Donald Trump over the victory line in states like Florida, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania? Well, I think we're going to do what the campaign has already started doing, right? I mean, immediately after um, Senator Sanders dropped out of the race, um, both he and uh, Vice President Biden put together uh, six task forces that came out with um, extremely strong plans. And I'll just remind folks that, you know, Joe Biden, if elected, uh, will serve um, under one of the, the more progressive banners um, in history. Um, but I think there's also an understanding that in, if we want to get some of those things done, we got to make sure people are back to work. And 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 I just say to your third question about, you know, um, you know, what are we going to do with 20 percent of folks who who um, who you quoted there saying that they're Bernie or bust? From my perspective, whether you were with us on day one or you're just taking a hard look at the campaign, um, we need you. We need to go into this convention, and I think we are on a united front um, to defeat Donald Trump and Mike Pence because, uh, quite literally, this is the most important election of our lifetime, and we have to, all of us, collectively meet that moment. Some would say the hardcore progressives criticize the Biden-Harris ticket in part because of the 1994 crime bill and then describing or characterizing, in my view, unfairly, Senator Harris as being like, you know, the top cop, like that it's too um, law enforcement and, and leaning towards the incarceration problem. What do you say to that? Well, let's talk about let's talk about what we actually agree on. Right. Let's talk about let's talk about ensuring that we are addressing climate change. Let's talk about how we ensure that we uh, continue the Social Security. Donald Trump has already talked about. <laughs> about uh, about trying to end security, right, and taking steps in furtherance of that. Let's talk about the investments that's needed in the postal service. These are things that um, that Democrats across the board agree on. And I would just add, you know, to your point about Kamala, she showed us yesterday or earlier this week how she's going to prosecute the case against Donald Trump. Donald Trump's mismanagement, his broken promises have led us to this moment where millions of Americans are out of work um, or can't go back to work, where we are, are six months into a pandemic and we still don't have adequate testing to ensure that people can get back to work and can get back to school. That's the case that she's going to prosecute. And I think she's going to do it on behalf of the American people and on behalf of our party. And that's why I believe 
um, she will be the next vice president, and Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States. Now, how do you think, if at all, the Biden-Harris 2020 ticket might impact the race for U.S. Senate in Maine between uh, Senator Susan Collins, Republican, and House Speaker Sarah Gideon? Well, see, you, you caught me off guard because I'm not, I'm, not uh, I'm not a political analyst anymore, um, but, but what, what I would just say is I think we're all working towards the same goal, right? We have seen um, a, a number of times, um, you know, uh, this, this Senate um, not meet the moment um, as, as we talk today, or I think it was yesterday, the Senate has adjourned. They're, they're heading back home. Uh, with no plans to return until you know early September, without a deal that could help stave off evictions that are very real, uh, mortgage defaults that are on our doorstep, um, I think we we've got a lot of work left to do. Um, and uh, Speaker Gideon is is a Democrat, and certainly um, the campaign um, is is working to elect Democrats up and down the ticket. So I think we've got a lot of work to do here. Um, I, I the way I say it is. Ignore the polls, <laughs> work, play like you're down five, and that's how we're going to win this race. Now, how will COVID impact the campaign trail, especially in the second congressional district? I think a lot of people are curious on what the strategy is going to be to win in the second congressional district where approval of the president um, certainly has gone down a little bit, but there's still some strong support up there, and he did win one electoral vote. Well, I just say, I mean, we are farther away. Uh, Cynthia, we can't be doing this in person like I wish we could, but we, I think we're actually closer together. Um, this very real challenge that COVID-19 um, has, has brought us, that Donald Trump's mismanagement has brought us, also presents some interesting opportunities. Um, at this point, you know, we've held a number of virtual events and had really, really strong support. Um, we can quite literally meet people where they are in their living rooms across the state of Maine. Um, and folks are energized um, for a change. So I think while um, certainly maybe the um, door-to-door, um, you know, uh, door-knocking that, that we all love, I'm sure, I'm sure as somebody who ran for Senate, Cynthia, you, you remember those days, Father. Sure. Uh, um, I, think, I think in this instance, um, we have to get used to a little bit of change, and, and I think um, the campaign is going to keep listening to the science, um, not, you know, not holding... You know, uh, not large rallies like the president had done in, in Oklahoma, um, but we're going to listen to the science to reach um, to reach every voter uh, in the state of Maine. Spencer, what does it mean? This is probably your last question. Uh, what does it mean uh, when Joe Biden says that we are in a battle for the soul of the country? In your mind, I think what it means is we have seen someone stand behind the podium at the White House. For the last, you know, three and a half years, um, lying to the American people quite often, um, spreading mistruths and conspiracy theories um, for political gain, and I think the competence that you've seen from Joe Biden, that you've seen from Senator Harris, as they um, prosecute the case against Donald Trump, as we get uh, towards the um, November third. That is what it means that, that we're in the battle of the soul of this nation. We need to return to reason, um, to strong institutions that um, have the full faith of the American people. And I think if you have someone who is working against that very idea, um, 
I think you find yourself in a precarious place where folks don't know what to believe. And I think that's a dangerous place to find ourselves. And well, that, I, I, that is quite honestly why I believe this is the battle of the soul of this nation. And that's that, that hope for uh, competent leadership is why I'm supporting Joe Biden and Senator Harris um, and the Democratic ticket. Well, th- that's great. But I have to ask you now, because there was an AP headline today that I just, it kind of cracked me up. I mean, it's in a sick way. It said that Trump admits he's blocking postal cash to stop mail-in votes. <laughs> and I, I, I was like, wow. I mean, in a way, there's something refreshingly candid about just the admission that it's just raw politics and using the levers of government to achieve political power that, you know, I think a lot of people do, but just don't say. <laughs> but boy, um, yeah, the soul of the nation. Spencer Thibodeau, thank you for joining the program. And uh, I hope to talk to you again. I look forward to it. Thanks for having me. Take care. <laughs>